0: All right, we going. This is episode one of the Postal Boy Podcast. I'm Carl Lewis Jr. We have here Darrell L. L. Carter. And the purpose of this podcast is to have him recognized as a national hero, uh, get a street named after him, his birthday celebrated worldwide, or something. He's done tremendous, extraordinary things. But enough about me. Let's speak with him and hear from him directly. What's going on?
1: Oh man, just being out here chilling. Yeah.
0: So you writing a book?
1: Yes, sir. Yeah, I want to tell my story.
0: And you want to tell the story? You want like recognition for your story? You want to inspire people? A little bit of both. What made little, you want to write the book?
1: A little bit of both. You know, I you know what what made me want to write a book? I felt that it it, it right now it's time for me to. Just tell my story, who I am, and, and, um, just want people to know what I did out here and accomplish out here with one arm.
0: You accomplish a whole lot with one arm, like, something that, like, most people never get to experience, arms and no arms, whatever, just people in general. That's right. It's, like, some tremendous feats, so, like... In order to accomplish all of this, like, early on, you decided that, like, you wasn't disabled and you just was going to figure it out. Right. I never considered myself
1: a handicapped. You know, I never did. You know, I never looked at that. My my family never looked at me as a handicapped. You know, and, uh, like I said, I used to sit at home, watch sports and everything, watch my br- big brothers and play ball and everything. And I said, I want to do this. I want to play baseball, you know, so... They taught me how to play this game of uh, baseball and uh and I got belly and belly each year doing it you know and um, um it was a fun time of my life back then good you know good time of my life
0: now. Before you started playing baseball, just let's get into just kind of like some early life. Just not like too much because we want to be able to, to tell the full story at a later time. But we want to just kind of give like a just a brief little overview of your upbringing. Just just some things you went through in, in your youth. Well,
1: when I was when I was young, when I um, when I was young, I would do things. Uh, like, uh, climbing a fence and, 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 and doing, uh, just doing crazy things, you know, and, uh, uh, I used to, uh, what, now what hurt me when I was young, when I used to walk down the street and people used to move their kid to the other side, like I had a, uh,
0: like it was going to rub off on them. It was going to so. rub off on them. That's crazy, you know, and
1: and I was like, why, well, you know, I I was amazed. I was like, what's going on, you know? I never knew what was going on, but but then I, you know, caught on because I had one on. They used to take their child and move to the other side of the street, you know, like I was a disease or something. But um, <clears throat> over the years, and then uh, I was, I start. Um, Start recognizing uh, other things in life. You know, I wanted to do. You know, by playing ball and uh, riding the bike and uh, playing basketball, playing football. Sports was just like a way of sports life in the, the family, it, huh? Yes,
0: that's so what it was. You feel like you had to get in there. Had to get in there. Yep. So you got to playing sports, and you end up having being able to uh to play with play play for your grandma.
1: Right. I play I started playing for this guy named Tommy Chambers, you know, and um all the way up from my Adam year to my juvenile year playing uh baseball and then my juvenile year, my uh I mean my midget year, I started my midget year all the way up to my mid year, then my junior juvenile years, my grandmama took over the team.
0: She was already coaching before she you started
1: playing. Was, she was already coaching with the uh, my brother with the Eagles, my brother team, Mark's team. And she, she was coming kind of, out. Mm-hmm.
0: She was already like a, a, a legend in her own right. That's right. Yeah, she was. And then you got with it. You was like like you wasn't just out there just to be playing or being on your grandma's team. Like you was making an impact.
1: I was making a big impact. You know, I was uh I was one of the uh, best player on my team.
0: So together with you and her it just was just super legendary. Yeah. It's like Jordan and Phil Jackson.
1: Yeah, and I and I you know, I was so proud of playing for my uh, grandma, you know, and uh it was uh, very exciting. You know.
0: So you and your grandma winning all these championships, just killing everybody. Then Matthew Dickey started recognizing they had you doing like a little more of a a, a spokesman role, huh?
1: Yeah, they started letting me, you know. I would start doing uh, telethons and and everything back. You know when I was uh, uh, ten, I started doing telethon and uh, started started um, playing more. Uh, um baseball through Matthew Dickey. But but uh they used to come get me from the the school. I I didn't know what was going on. I used to get picked up from school, you know, they would come get me and take me places, you know, like um to old folks home, to radio station, to um McDonnell Douglas at the time. Oh, got you out of school, you was out here. Right. Take me to parades. I I was on parades and parades. I was I was doing uh flying over the Missouri. You know, finds the state of Missouri in a plane. You know, so I did a lot and done a lot for the boys club. You know, and uh, didn't know honestly as a kid, I didn't know what I was doing. You know, and I didn't know what it was for. But I, but I know that. Uh, later on, I found out what it, what it,
0: uh, it was all about, you know. And uh, it was about some actually raising some money, putting yeah, some, putting some more facilities in the community, Put more, right, you know, building a, a boys'
1: club. Mm-hmm. And, and and that's what it did. It built a boys' club from from streets. And that's breed bridge to King's Highway, old off King's Highway, and uh, I want to say Penrose. I don't know.
0: The street. Yeah, that's about right. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, so they had you on the tour and you helped them get from the old building to the building that they are now. To
1: that the building they are now. Oh, well, they should
0: just name that after you.
1: Nah, uh, they... I don't know what happened with that. You know, they... They should have did a lot more what they did for me, you know, and that's um, and that's the reason that I'm at this point right now. It's time for me to tell my story, you know. It, it, it was that time to tell tell my story about everything we listened to the Boy Club story about them growing up, the two. Mr. Dickey and Mr. Matthew started a boys club. You know, everybody. You know, back in the back in the day, and then I came along and I finished what they started. Blowed it up. Took it to the next level. To the, right. Took it to the next level. But as of right now, nobody know uh, really the story behind the boys' club. Oh,
0: yeah, we got to get this out here.
1: Yeah.
0: So, just after, so after you yeah, helped them raise all the money and everything. Like it, it just kind of like yeah, it, it was a uh, like the the, the club changed management or whatever. They they kind of got more involved with the Rams and they forgot about.
1: Well, well, I'm gonna say they. Um, <clears throat> I think when they opened when the club was first opened in 1984, they um. Asked me to come on stage with President President Reagan at the time, and I chose not to. And because my grandma told him he he can make his own decision, you know, you know, he old enough to make his own decision, and I chose not to. So you
0: ain't want to meet the president. I did want to meet the Kind of went south after that.
1: Right. It started going downhill after that, you know, and. um then they opened up the club, you know. I, you know, I, yeah. They got a picture of me in the club. They got a picture of everybody in the club, and everything, you know. But you know, they really don't. I, they really, they, they had my any any paper you got out the club. My level on the on the on right side of the paper, my picture was on there for a long time, from '84 to 2004. And all of a sudden, they took my picture away.
0: And then you are pretty much last dealing with them like you had a, a few like umpire type jobs or whatever, and right. then they kind of just faded off of there. But hump. they, they never really offered you no positions or nothing. Right,
1: never had a real job over there. Always had an umpire job, some you know. Never had a real job like I thought I would be working in the club because I felt that I'd,
0: I'd have been a good inspiration for the boys' club at the least you know like you got some some other capabilities and all of that where you can like coordinate and it's tons of things you can actually do but like you at the least will be inspiration to a whole lot of people
1: right and i and and i felt that they didn't do me right for that point on that point so i told myself that i never walk in the boys club and i ain't been in the boys club for years
0: yeah, it shouldn't have to be like that, though. I feel like we should be able to find some kind of common ground.
1: Right. But I do appreciate the club for what they have did. You know how they, you know, I do, I do appreciate, I do appreciate them put me
0: as the poster boy. Mm, give you opportunity, yeah, to, meet opportunity to meet all these people the and go to right. the, go to this different. You met the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders. Yeah, I met the old cheerleader. You know, wow. they- Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders, them like the... They were big well, time back then. They, they still they is still some of the most popular time. cheerleaders in yeah. the world. It's like the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders and the mm-hmm. Laker girls. Right. You mm-hmm. don't even know nobody else cheerleaders, but Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders. They, right. And I, at that time, 1975,
1: meeting them and meeting John Forsythe and the Dynasty people, it was it was something else, you know. And uh, then meeting the uh, St. Louis Cardinal baseball team and players, you know, I... I like uh, Lou Brock, um, uh, uh, Bob Gibson, Willie McGee, Ted Simmons. You know, I can go on and go on. I, you know, I, I I met a lot of people back then. That's why I say it, I don't even trip out uh, meeting stars now. Cause mm-hmm. I felt I met the best star back then.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was overall just a pretty cool experience. We, you, you, you wish it would've turned out a little different, like, like like near the end, like you wish that would've looked out for you more like as you grew up because like, you were looking out for them as a kid, but they did kind of put you in some positions that you wouldn't necessarily been able to be in on your own.
1: Right. I've been I've been working so hard since, uh, <laughs> since I was 14. Mm. And I thought I would be in the boys' club working, you know, Stella, out here looking for a job, you know, waiting for when the next paycheck gonna come and all this and all that, you know. So, it was kind of, you know, it it was a struggle for me at at, at first, and it's still, right now, it's still a little struggle, but I'm doing what it takes, you know,
0: to survive, you know, and... uh, Yeah, you've been holding it down. I know everybody know Mr. Carter. Yeah, people know me. Yeah,
1: you... I've been working for the St. Louis Public School right now since... uh.
0: 97 Yeah, you're a legendary PHL safety officer Yep, yep, yep Holding it down, breaking up the fights at the football games, all of that
1: Yep
0: Yeah, we gonna figure out how to get a little more recognition and notoriety out of it This gonna be the end of the first episode But we coming back real soon We out, this was the Postal Boy Podcast, episode one